So over the last couple of weeks, we have embarked on a new 21-day meditation journey by Deepak Chopra. <laughs> and it's it's definitely not as comprehensive nor I think engaging as our previous one that we did, um, which was like full of groups and like journal prompts and other external activities. But it's called Getting Unstuck, Creating a Limitless Life. And it's also co-hosted by Oprah Winfrey. And I love her voice. She's like (laughs) such a great (laughs) voice. But I'm curious, Sunny, um, out of the days that you've done so far, what do you think about it? How's that gone? (laughs) Well, it's definitely not as engaging, like you say, as the first one, like the context of the pandemic, getting reconnected Mm -hmm. through that chain mail. I think there was so much more... um, connection that was happening through that experience that kept me committed to doing one every day mm-hmm. and it, and the check-ins with the people every day too that people did it that was also super like I was getting so much more than the meditation right I was creating a community I was mm-hmm. nourishing my relationships but this one it's just a standalone 21 day program and I just felt just such a lack of that and I didn't end up being able to do it every day. I would forget to do right, it. Right. And sometimes I would choose other things, like I choose to do yoga or a mm-hmm. different meditation technique because I didn't feel so beholden or um, like I had a stake yeah. in finishing the 21 days. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. I mean, kind of similarly, like it just, it felt a little bit more one way, yeah. right? Like Oprah and Deepak were telling me, these thoughts and then I did a meditation and then I'm done. And mm-hmm. there we go. You know, like mm-hmm. I feel better and I feel unstuck now, which is like not actually true. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a spoon feeding. Right. Instead right. of like uh, there's no action that's involved right. after. There wasn't as much engagement of like challenging me to think differently and actually like executing on that. Right. Whether mm-hmm. it's like this is an activity that you should do now or this is a journal prompt that you should use to reflect internally how you feel. So like having that conversation with your mom, that was powerful. Yeah. Oh my God. Which like spurred such an intense emotional discovery. Right. Mm-hmm. And this was just kind of like, and similar to you, I have not been doing this every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's been like one every two or three days, mm-hmm. if I remember. And um, and so yeah, it's interesting how like these two different experiences are have created different feelings for us. And mm-hmm. I'm interested in how these mindfulness programs might actually not help. Um, yeah, not fulfill. So, yeah, yeah not need fulfilling. Or and yeah. So, hmm, interested to talk about those critiques. Yeah. Welcome to our podcast, Are You There Universe, hosted by me, Jamie Wu, and Sunny Yu, two high-achieving Asian-American women recovering from burnout. Join us as we embark on a journey to reclaim ourselves and inner power, unpack and explore the transformative nature of social change and justice at the level of the spirit, and heal our past traumas by exploring our present. Because when you heal yourself, you heal the world. When you evolve, the world evolves with you.
So as we were doing these meditations um, over the course of the last couple of weeks, I had sent you, Sunny, this article that was called The Mindfulness Conspiracy by (laughs) Ronald Purser. And while reading this article, which basically outlines a lot of the critiques of mindfulness and kind of how it's been subverted by large institutions, corporations, capitalist structures, I felt such a wide range of emotions. Like first I felt really defensive and like angry Mm -hmm. and like, how dare you, you know, (laughs) critique mindfulness? Like that's been so helpful to me. And then I also walked away feeling like, oh, he has a really good point. Like, okay, like maybe I need to be a little bit more critical or mindful of these Mm -hmm. practices (laughs) that Mm -hmm. we're, that we're following. Um, and so Sunny, I'd love to hear your thoughts because I know you've been thinking about this for a while. Um, and had also sent me a couple articles in response that lay out these, these arguments. Can you tell us what, what are they saying? What is their main point here? These authors are not usually attacking mindfulness altogether or the idea or its tradition, but how it has been packaged as a commercial product. And in particular, the first, um, the article by Ronald Purser attacks um, uh, John Kabat-Zinn's mindfulness stress reduction program. Mm -hmm. I really loved his point about how this program is a one-size-fits-all Mm. And how it's become this like globally recognized program. You get certified in it and it's very lucrative for John Kabat-Zinn. Mm-hmm. And yet he has not changed the structure of the program since its uh, beginning, right? And hence it lacks that structural analysis and how mindfulness might be oriented towards cultivating a collective ethics. and a mode of social justice because Mm -hmm. it just focuses on the individual being able to manage their private feelings in private. (laughs) Right, right. So in other words, it's also saying like you feel stressed and you feel overwhelmed and you're a victim of a lot of issues, whether it might be racism or sexism or all these things. But here's like a one way to just like make yourself feel better, right? And this is going to like solve all your problems in that like you're just working on yourself. Like the problems that you're feeling are just in your head. And if you change your mindset, all will be better, right? Rather than like acknowledging the larger systems at play. Yeah. It individualizes and privatizes structural problems and makes you responsible for them, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that is the problem and the critique that the that the article by Purser anyway is mostly about. You know, it's so funny because I think about that viewpoint and I kind of reminisce some of our earlier episodes where we're talking about like, okay, we can just reframe the stories that we're feeling in our heads, mm-hmm. right? Let's yeah, like we have control. We have control over how we feel. Let's like focus our attention on other elements. Let's feed the 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 positive wolf and not the negative wolf, like, mm-hmm. right, all these things. And so then there was also a, a level of guilt that I felt while reading this because I'm like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, am I doing that? Am I placing this burden mm-hmm. of changing everything on this individual? But, mm-hmm. you know, so, so I think there's a level of like complexity there, right? Because like mm-hmm. some of those strategies are actually really good coping mechanisms. They mm-hmm. are genuinely like, helpful but on the other side of the coin it's like you're completely 
disregarding how, for example, imposter syndrome does sometimes feel very internal, but it is very real when you walk into a room and you're the only person of color. Yeah, it's a structural thing. You know, yeah, there's like a sense of lack of belonging in that space. And that is not just in your head. Like that is real, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So interesting to like feel a little bit of some guilt there of like, wait a minute, am I doing that? Um, But then at the same time, reminding myself, wait a minute, no, our podcast is all about the intersections of spirituality and social justice and mindfulness, right? So like social justice being a really huge part of that. Um, I'm curious if you had any of those types of like emotions that I had. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Tell me, tell me. For me, what is useful to remember is that this article, its arguments are not meant to be literal. Like Mm -hmm. it's serving a purpose, which is it's to incite people to collectively organize, right? And not rely solely on these programs and whatnot to feel just to feel better about life and just cope and survive another day, right? It's trying to incite action. And so for me, when I think about it that way, I don't, I don't feel particularly a need to respond. I feel like Mm -hmm. it does its job, but uh, there is the irony, though, that mindfulness appears and beca- became this like multi-billion-dollar industry because of how bad things have become. Right? Like, what what right. would we be without these mindfulness tools in this late oh, stage of capitalism? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, maybe it's an effect of how disempowered we feel or disempowered we've become collectively as a people. Yeah, and I think building off of that point is that it's gotten so bad that folks are feeling really burned out by that too, right? Because we're Mm -hmm. constantly trying to improve the state of the world, at least from like an activist, you know, (laughs) lens, like the folks in the activism and social justice community, like it's gotten so bad that we are constantly fighting and constantly feeling like we can't move an inch. And so that's how burnout takes place. And so In that situation, mindfulness and rest are so important so that we can Mm -hmm. show up, you know, with more vigor in the future, right? Mm -hmm. And more like semblance of peace so that we can actually, we're we're coming to the table with a little bit more um, self-care and a little more like wholeness, right? And not like being just broken down because of our burnout, (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're actually reminding me of one point of the article that does, that is a conflict that I'm constantly like mulling over, mm-hmm. which is that part of the problem or conflict, I guess, is that these programs are asking you to pay money to mm-hmm. rest. Like it oh suddenly become this like, uh, this thing like, oh yeah, I'm buying this thing so that I can relax. Right. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny though, because then there's like, well, yeah, that is such an interesting conflict, right? Because then we also pay money to go to workout classes, right? We pay money, Mm -hmm. which we could probably do sort of on our own, right? Like we Mm -hmm. pay money to do yoga when we can probably do that on our own too. But there is a level of instruction or expertise that comes with practicing mindfulness because we call, you know, we call it a practice. And I think we mentioned this in season one, like it's a muscle that we have to flex because like, it's hard 
to just like shut off your brain (laughs) or it's hard to like focus your brain on one thing. Right. And so on the one hand, I totally hear what you're saying. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, why do we have to pay for that? On the other hand, like, okay, like maybe I, I don't mind investing in in something or in someone who can help me practice that or can help me with their particular expertise, you know? Yeah. The way that I think about it too is that for so long we have, we tend to undervalue these spiritual ancient practices for mm-hmm. how to deal with pain. Yeah, And so in a way, the article targets John Kabat-Zinn in particular, which I think is like more than a thousand dollars to do the program. Oh my God, really? It's Holy. an eight week, it's, it's like a semester or quarter um, course, right? And you get a yeah. certificate, a certificate after or whatever. But in another sense, I'm like, yeah, they deserve that money. Like I value mm. it and hence I'm going to attach money to it. And th- because that is how we live in a capitalist structure, like in a way, yeah. So that's how I come around it. But at the same time, there are people who sell it and in a way that's not, that can feel distasteful. <laughs> yeah. And really inauthentic. Yeah. Right, I mean, we, we talked right. a little bit about that with Camelia. Yeah. In our episode yeah. with her. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to study these ancient mm-hmm. practices that are part of my lineage and part of our history because why try to reinvent the wheel? Let's like look to the past. Like so many people <laughs> in mm-hmm. our cultures have already you know, actually create the foundation for this, right? And she, I think she was using acupuncture as one example, but I want to go back to your point about the fact that the world has gotten so bad that like <laughs> we've been able to <laughs> capitalize on rest. Mm-hmm. And we talk about this in our second episode about internalized oppression, that there is this overwhelming need to cultivate sensitivity, right? Mm-hmm. That like, we're not only burned out, but we're also so desensitized to mm-hmm. violence, to damage, to death. And like, we just see it all the time that we're like, oh yeah, it's another, another shooting. It's another case. And like, and so part of mindfulness too is again, flexing that internal muscle to feel something mm-hmm. <laughs> when something happens like that, you know? And like, mm-hmm. And I still struggle with like how it's been used for capitalistic terms and like for um, profit. But at the same time, it's like, I can't negate the fact that like that is so desperately needed. And um, if that cultivation of sensitivity is part of these programs and is part of the profit-making machine, then you know, some of it's okay. Like, you know, like that, that's the the internal struggle, right? As like, well, if it's actually helping people, then maybe it's not so bad as long as people aren't placing all of their hopes and dreams to change their life on mindfulness, you know, and that like recognizing that there are other structures at play. Absolutely. I think what you're bringing our attention to is how mindfulness is a critical social justice tool among many. Yeah. Like something that um, I I thought the article missed was the political context within which the mindfulness economy became a big Mm, one, right? Yeah. Like, honestly, there was so much that happened in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So many um, laws, Supreme Court justice, things like Board of Education, uh, desegregation, um, 
loving versus Virginia, right? Yeah. Like interracial marriages, like all of these mm-hmm. structural changes happened. And yet racism continued, like yeah. police continued to kill people. Like right. slavery became the carceral state. Like, um, so structural change did not lead to the revolutionary new world that we thought it would mm-hmm. because it didn't look into our inner worlds. Yeah. If you are wondering about mindfulness initiatives that are grounded in social justice principles, check out the Center for Black, Brown, and Queer Studies at bbqplus.org. This organization offers open source educational materials and programs to build social justice leaders of our future. To learn more about how we can build communities around yoga and meditation and create more trauma-informed therapeutic modalities, check out Dr. Gail Parker's book, Restorative Yoga for Ethnic and Race-Based Stress and Trauma. If our show resonates with you, follow us on Instagram at areyouthere.universe. Subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. We're so grateful for your support. Something that came out of the second art, um, another article that's called um, Fuck Mindfulness Workshops by Tithi Bhattacharya. Mm-hmm. She's a professor of South Asian history at Purdue University. And oh my gosh, I did not know this. It blew my mind, which was that she said that um, the Minneapolis Police Department had instituted a culture of like corporate diversity. Like they had all these like diversity programs mm-hmm. put in place. Like the police officers had attended implicit bias trainings, mindfulness workshops, mm-hmm. seminars on de-escalation and crisis intervention, but none of that stopped Derek Chauvin. Right. Um, yeah. So, hmm. I mean, that's a predicament, right? Like structural change and this mindfulness thing was available to this person mm-hmm. and it didn't, it didn't do anything in a way. Yeah. So then what? I know, exactly. (laughs) Gosh, like that's so, oh, that's so disconcerting. And I, I don't know, that's really sad, you know? Yeah, I think, okay, my immediate response, even though I share the same, like, holy shit, what now? Yeah. (laughs) Is, is actually our, when, when we, our reflections on the second Chopra thing, Mm-hmm. Like these programs seem so like disconnected from like yeah, they're just like a plug-in, right? Yeah. And yeah. actually what the change like the change and transformation we experienced from the first Chopra meditation was because it required us to engage and create community. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's actually a really good point. It's like what are these what is the makeup of these trainings, right? These mm-hmm. bias trainings, de-escalation trainings. Um, I mentioned before that I am now a facilitator um, with Ready, Set Consulting, and we we do a lot of these types of workshops, but something that like I think sets us apart from the typical like check the box workshop is that we engage with our clients really early on, like over the course of months, even a year. And it's part of a longer learning journey that includes like analysis of like all of the practices that they're currently doing, a whole set of like findings and recommendations about where things are falling through the cracks. And like, and there is a whole like step-by-step 
kind of journey towards these facilitations, which are also like super engaging and like require, you know, personal activity and reading and and engagement with the issue. But like your point is well taken. It's like, if these are just kind of like those typical, oh my God, you, you remember watching those like harassment videos, like anti-harassment videos at the workplace. Like I remember watching one when I worked in the U S house of representatives, everyone has to go through like, you know, the, mm-hmm. the anti-harassment training. Mm-hmm. And it's like so old. I mean, it's probably <laughs> from the eighties. Everybody is wearing like super outdated clothing. It's like, mm-hmm. hello, may I show you in this direction. And he has like the hand on like the woman's butt. And uh-huh. it's like, what's wrong with this photo? Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, I it's yep. so, and like people just tune out. They're like, okay, I just got to show that I, I finished it. There's no engagement. Like, you know, I, of course I could see that taking place in a police station and like no one is that engaging at all. Like, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if that's the case in that particular situation, but like, that's definitely the case in a lot of institutions. Yeah. I think anybody can relate to this who's who's part of like a big organization where I'm not always aware of who I'm accountable to, hmm. if that makes sense, or who's accountable to me, because it's so decentralized, which yeah. is good on the one hand, because it gives a lot of people more autonomy and mm-hmm. flexibility, adaptability. But at the same time, it's like the action of one person in the organization, you don't see what that effect is directly. Mm. Like you're a cog in the machine. Exactly. And I don't know who's responsible for what. And well, it's when you're operating in a world where these larger companies and structures see you as kind of interchangeable, right? Or exactly. Exactly. Putting out output after output after output Mm -hmm. and not as like, a multi-dimensional human with like loves and fears and hopes and desires and dreams. And like, of course, like those types of lack of engagements are going to take place. And yeah, I mean, like it's when you actually get to know the people you work with or know like the effects and impacts of your work on other people and actually know like what's going on in their lives and see them as human, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like that's where we can thrive in a more collective and community-based place. Yeah. Where the employer and the employee feel responsible for one another's Mm -hmm. well-being. I think Mm -hmm. that is what the first Chopra meditation got at for me. Like, like you and I were sharing a healing journey. Like we were both invested in each other's well-being space Mm -hmm. for each other. And the second one is just so private. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so individual, which is what the article is really mm-hmm. criticizing, right? Is, is mm-hmm. the private, like, mm-hmm. um, just do it yourself on your own time, mm-hmm. in your own head, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think this gets back as like a whole circular argument here. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, mindfulness in a community-based way is empowering us to look beyond what society has done, which is sometimes at least for underrepresented groups, like othered us, right. And make Mm -hmm. us feel inadequate or like unincluded. Like we don't belong. Like we're not human, multidimensional humans. And like we're that our value is tied to our work production. It gives us ability to like 
be aware of that, right? To like be able to name that and say that that is not my fault, actually. That is not my fault. That is mm-hmm. actually a, 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 you know, a problem of a larger structural issue. That's not something I can solve on my own. Um, and now I'm clear headed about that. And now I can come to the table and help actually dismantle that structural problem that creates those types of like toxic environments and cultures. So like in another way, it's like, mindfulness is actually not simply just used to reframe maybe your own mindset, but to like make you aware of all of the structural um, systemic problems that are not your fault that you can help now show up for and help break. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're reminding me of, gosh, it's so like part of the main thing that I get from mindfulness is I get a sense of clarity around what Mm -hmm is actually going on. And when I think about it that way, did you watch that? Uh, it was like a Netflix documentary about the whole like group of people who um, use bribes to get their children into... Oh t- my God. I can't believe you're saying this because I literally just watched it's the college admission <laughs> scandal. I just watched it yes, last yes, week. Yes, 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 and it was so... I was like... I. I could talk hours about it. I mean, I'm so, I was so enraptured. It's called Operation Varsity Blues. It's on Netflix. It's about the oh college admission scandal. Is, okay. So good. What I loved about that documentary is towards the end, there's this admissions officer who's basically like, I don't blame these people for trying to mm. cheat the system. Like the system like motivates them to do this. Yeah. And not only that, the institution that created those motivating structures still are unaccount like there's no accountability yeah Yeah. and it's also like the thing that I thought was so interesting because they focus so much about um Rick Singer who is like the man behind he was like the the master of everything and, and the one who put everything into motion but like they spent less time on just the culture Mm-hmm. of private elite institutions and of, you know, this cult, this like really toxic culture that like you, that you have to be at a certain level in order to succeed or to be mm-hmm. respected. Right. And mm-hmm. like, um, it, yeah, it's, so it's so interesting. I mean, because I looked at this also from a filmmaker perspective, like mm-hmm. what gets people to watch this is mm-hmm. the Rick Singer. Right, right. Like, is, oh, like, here's a culpable person. Right, here, here are the we can blame like, him. We can yeah. blame them exactly. <laughs> rather than like, this is a culture-wide phenomenon that like it's a is structural so much more problem. nebulous yeah. and really hard to like blame somebody. Right, it's like, you know, I think that and that's kind of almost the same case with Wall Street. Even though none of those people went to jail and none of those people mm-hmm. had to pay for their crimes, mm-hmm. but it's like we, you know, we want to be able to point to humans that are part of the problem when like, in fact, actually it's just a, a much bigger problem with like capitalism, right? <laughs> like, Which yeah. is why our very justice system in that it requires individual people to be responsible for these things mm-hmm. actually creates a very impasse that we face. Like what if we came together around a person who broke the law or did something mm-hmm. bad and was like, well, of course you did something bad. Like, I can see why you did it. Like yeah. you were self-interested. You felt scared. Like mm-hmm. you felt threatened in this way. You saw other people doing it and getting ahead. And yeah. we can actually collectively take responsibility for the structures that motivated you in this way and, and brought those qualities out of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, and that's essentially what these kind of doped up, 
mindfulness programs are doing, right? They're like, mm-hmm. take personal mm-hmm. responsibility, right? They're mm-hmm. like, you have the power to change it, you know? And, um, and yes, we do have an extent a power to reframe how we're analyzing certain things, but let's use that power to analyze our surroundings, to be critical of them and right. to challenge them and to mm-hmm. question them and not to be like, challenging questioning yourself, right? Suchin brought up this great point. Like mm-hmm. if I had known, you know, being mindful and recognizing, okay, now I'm an, I'm an introvert. So mm-hmm. now I can shape that to be like, okay, how does this environment now create a harmful situation for me? How can I change this environment and this culture rather mm-hmm. than, oh, I'm at fault here. I'm tired. Yes. I'm, weak, I'm worse and I can't do anything, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Oh my God. I'm getting some uh. breakthroughs right now. <laughs> It's so helpful to talk it out, you know, because I'm like sitting with all these, but it's really helpful to talk it out. And like mindfulness for me, what it is about an environmental change. So like in my um, energy class thing, (laughs) it's like a Thai uh, Nagong class. It's really about creating a system, a structure that will bring out the best qualities in you and, and, and create that environment and let you have control over that environment as much as you can, right? And ideally, it it makes us more aware of the power um, that structures have over individual minds. Yeah. Well, I mean, this has been such a fabulous conversation. We're working through this as we're talking about it. And I think that's important to like humanize and, you know, to recognize as well for ourselves who are in this space and are kind of thinking through criticisms and critiques and um, where we are in that, you know, but yeah, I think what a great transition into our affirmations of the week. So what are the affirmations this week, Jamie? Oh, I'm really excited about these ones. So if, if folks can take a deep breath and settle in, And repeat these affirmations in your own inner voice. When I am mindful, I become aware of how my environment affects me. I allow clarity to inspire shared action. I am part of a collective. I love the last one. I just think it's so, it reminds me of how hard that can feel, like mm-hmm. how hard it is to feel that yeah. these days. Yeah. But how also nourishing to know mm-hmm. that that is the case. Right. right? It's exactly. Like, it's exactly. like, oh, it feels so hard, but then at the, on the same vein, oh, I'm so grateful I'm for that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Sunny. This was such thank a fun you, conversation. Yeah. And I will be noodling about this for a while. And I encourage folks who are listening in to continue thinking about this. Send us articles, send us thoughts, mm-hmm. send us your questions. Uh, we're so excited uh, to dive into those. So thanks so much. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for joining us on Are You There Universe, where we get to reimagine a new world together. 
We're so grateful to you and hope you can join us again next time to dive deeper into the intersections between social justice and spirituality. If you're curious about our other projects and extensions of this work, connect with us. We'd love to have you join our community on Instagram at areyouthere.universe. You can also find me, Sunny, at sunny underscore mystic, and find Jamie at Jamie Wu.